out like a 80s action figure welcome everyone to the completely unnecessary podcast for tuesday february 2nd 2021 that's ian ferguson with the duck dynasty beard i'm pat country on the show today we'll be talking about talking about uh, uh the switch is doing okay it's doing okay the nintendo switch i'll uh, be talking about a video game from the mid 90s that we didn't know about an arcade game that was revealed. Yeah. We'll also be talking about an update, an update, update to the all-controller Kickstarter from years past that we almost forgot about, and a Patreon poll. Ian, how was your weekend? Was it was it good? It was busy. It was real busy. I feel like we just sat down to do this podcast like yesterday. We sat down for 248. This is 249, buddy. Can you believe that? 249? 249. 249 times at least, not counting in conventions and, and many episodes we had to put up with each other. About four and a half feet away from each other, five feet away. It's wild. I can't believe that's some wild it. stuff. Wild stuff. We've d- wild, wild is stuff. one of those words that I fall back on. Uh, <laughs> you are way correct. Way too much. Um. Anyway, yeah, weekend was good. Uh, Vani and I finished watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. I really enjoyed that show. The series. Yeah, I understand why people like it. Um, we started. <laughs> well, I'm glad, Ian. Yeah. Uh, glad you're not flummoxed by that question. <laughs> We started the uh, Night Stalker documentary. Uh, Was it Night Stalker? Doc- oh, the, oh, I thought I was thinking about the game Night Stalkers. No, no. Uh, Night- the, one, the one I talked about two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Um, how is it so far? You like it? Yeah. I mean, I already. I, I, I you know how it ends. I had a, I had a period of time where I like I read up on the serial killers. I know about Richard Ramirez, but it's a it's a very well done doc, and I I think Netflix is really obviously it's not. Netflix, you know, it's different directors and studios, I'm guessing, that are doing all these, but they've really got the four-part true crime uh, limited series down cold. They do a... <laughs> fuck. They do a really good job with that. Between, like, that one, um, the uh, uh, the Ripper murders... Did they do the, the disappearance of Madeline McCann? Did they do that one? I think so. Because that was really, really good. That one I need to watch still. Um, I hear I heard the Aaron Hernandez one is good. That's oh, a, that's oof. another four part. That's the one I didn't watch because like I don't want to f- watch that one for some reason. That one is kind of I'm weirded out by that one. I can't explain why. <sighs> there, look, I know I was the person. I've always been the person who's watched a lot of true crime, and I've always been the person who is kind of like weirdly disassociated from it. Like we always joke and talk about how we can fall asleep watching, you know, like uh, Forensic Files or something like that. It was eight. Eight episodes, of the disappearance of Madeline McCann. There's a lot of stuff that happens to go on. Yeah. Sure, um, but as as I'm getting older, and I think maybe it's just the fact that the pandemic is depressing and we've all been stuck inside. It has gotten a little bit harder to blow through some of this true crime stuff. Like it, it, it's just, especially like the Night Ripper, like Richard Ramirez is a fucking psycho. A nice stalker, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just an absolute. Oh, he's the worst one. Yeah. Like I even said, like, cause there, was, there was no method to any of what he was, he was doing everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, it just it weighed on me more than most true crime does. And it's good. Maybe it means I'm becoming slightly more human. Um, but that it's affecting you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I just think it's interesting because the, the stories are more captivating than 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 fiction. Yes, truth, truth is stranger than fiction. It's more entertaining most of the time. I, I think that's honestly where I started to get more into nonfiction was when I was you know reading true crime and and uh, various documentaries. I'm like, you don't. I mean, I like fiction. Don't get me wrong, but you get crazy stories from real life all the time. There's real life is less less predictable. Well, I'm watching a movie now, or I'm watching. Not because I also like to write, but I, I know where the, the story is going to go. You're, I'm rarely like surprised by. Well, because in real life there isn't, you know, there's yeah. there, there's there's not three acts that you have to play through. Yeah, and and it's not like oh that guy we saw at the ATM ends up being the killer. Like, like no, that doesn't happen. In real <laughs> doesn't life. That happen. shit doesn't happen. Um, you don't remember something from from three weeks ago that you remember in the last twenty seconds to you know solve the case. That shit doesn't happen. So. It's like true boots to the ground, police work, and that's why I like that. I thought you like it's like these are what we went through. This is us painstakingly trying to solve these horrific crimes that keep piling up and i'm i'm weird like i i definitely have my issues with cops especially beat cops but detective work is something that is interesting to me there there are certain things that um you know you're watching like say the night ripper one uh the uh night stalker one and you're like that's it's impressive you know the, the you, you need people to solve this shit the the whole thing that and it, and it drove me nuts when i was you know reading about him the first time but the 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 fucking uh, the dentist part of it was genius and also heartbreaking in terms of how yeah. they missed it. I brought that up when I talked about it. like they missed out on them yeah. because the LAP fucked up. Yep, that was a problem. A couple with... times the, the LAPD yeah. fucked up. So because it was the LAPD which oversees the county, and then you have the local sh- sheriff office and everything, and they have to they have to work together. And it, does, it they just wanted they just wanted to fucking get the prints off the car, and the LAPD was stonewalling them. Yep, just to get fucking prints. And then it was like there were so many times where they, they could have caught the guy and would have probably prevented deaths, unfortunately, and, and assaults. And anyway, other than that, I made a really good pork bone stock. Oh, okay, well, that's good. That's yeah, that's, ma- that's what else I did. Made a stock, made a stock, a delicious tonkatsu stock, uh, milky white, full of God, fat, intermittent fasting, delicious, right. milky and full of fat, milky and full of that's fat. That's how thick but quick pat was. Absolutely, drank, I drank too much milk. How about you? What did you do this weekend? I I, I caught up on uh I had to do some uh we'll just say some bookkeeping for the N sixty four project and then I played um God I always forget the name of the fucking thing. I played and reviewed what's what's I always get confused in order. Uh Asteroids Hyper sixty four. That's I knew sixty four was in there, but I always give it hyper. Um which is a remake a reimagining of uh, the original Asteroids, which is one of my favorite classic arcade games. I've said it before. It's probably my top four or five arcade games um, that I love, and I always play it in the arcade. And it's uh, it's a good remake. I mean, they 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 did as much as they possibly could with Asteroids, keeping it on a single screen. You fly around and shoot asteroids. I mean, they did as much as you possibly could. So I gave it a positive review. I, I actually enjoyed. it. I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, I, I know people who who have enjoyed it. I mean, when it came out, I don't know that I would have paid whatever the full retail price. Well, that's was, what but... I'm discovering. It's like I, I'm not looking at old past reviews to to glean what they thought necessarily. But a lot of this stuff is like I don't think it's worth sixty bucks. People like twenty years ago were saying shit like that. And I get that, and that's but that's fair. Not, but, but that doesn't that shouldn't factor into is the good game good or not. 
Well, you know, yeah. That's a value proposition. Right. right. And, and that's always been my problem with reviews. Like, I'll, you know there's going to be a lot of people when Pokemon Snap comes out who are like, it's not worth the 60 Well, maybe not to you, but it's probably going to be no worth one, it to me. No one says that about movies. Well, it's not worth 15 bucks to see the movies. Like, no, is it good or not? Is the song, is the album worth buying? You know, is is the, is the that's what it comes down. That's yeah. what it should be. Explain what it is and, you know, we'll make the decision whether or not we want to pay that amount yes. for it or wait for it to well, go down in price. That's moot in 2020 for these games anyway, but back yeah. Then I could see why it's like, yeah, don't pay sixty bucks for you know a game twenty years ago that it's it's spiritually the same game. It's just you know a, a fresh coat of paint. The five dollars that it costs now, though, it's like yeah, yeah, if that, buy. yeah. If that game came out, if this game came out no- nowadays, it'd be a five dollar game. It'd be, a, it'd be a ten dollar eShop game. You can or buy it used seven ninety five. It yeah. wouldn't be a free. This this wasn't quite like a free mobile game. It's like a little step above that to me. But um, it would be sort of that sort of right. sort of realm. There. So what was I talking about? What you did this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. I also checked out the GameStop uh, craziness. Oh, yeah. We and we didn't talk did. about it last Tuesday. That's when it was heating up. It was heating up uh, because, to me, it was more of a financial topic, a really strange niche financial topic, versus gaming. Because if you swapped this out... This is not a gaming topic at all. I had to, It really I, isn't. I had and, this conversation I, with someone in, 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 in a lift yesterday. I was like, it could In a been. lift that came up? Jesus Christ. Oh, it was a good conversation, too. The guy was really good. We were both on the same page. We were both for the little guy. It was. I, I like it when I have a lift driver where we can really... <laughs> for the little guy talking We can socks. really converse uh, you know, about something. But um, that's what I was trying to explain to him, because he was older and he didn't really understand games. I'm like, it doesn't... It has nothing to do with GameStop. It could have been, I mean, been any... Absolutely any uh, other stock it that only, is being shorted. It only has anything to do with GameStop due to the fact that GameStop is, is, is outlook long-term is so bad that so many investors and hedge funds are shorting it. That's where it begins and ends with GameStop. So right. it has nothing to do with the, with the outlook of GameStop. The stock increases have nothing to do with the, the potential success of GameStop other than the company potentially gets a cash infusion by people putting money in, but it's going to come out eventually anyway. The, the company is still in the same spot unless they can radically rehaul and go digital, which I guess is what the Chewy guy wants to do, but I don't think you're ever going to get back up to the stature of, of having all the physical ro- locations versus you're competing digitally with everyone else, including yeah. including digital game sales. So it's like, it's it's tough. Anyway, so the volatility of the stock is a story. But again, it it really has very little to do with GameStop itself. So do you want to explain? I, I, got, I can, I can, I can, I can give you a basic... Look, like, I, using, using the Mario ball, you want to explain what, what, a, what a short I, is? I, 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 I had an, an example. Okay, I, I have, have an example. And I think it's it, it was one online okay. too. And this is not perfect. You can slay me. But basically, uh, what happened is shorting a stock... Hedge fund managers look at something and they go, okay, basically they borrow a stock. They have to give it back by a certain date. Miss Pac-Man. Okay. So I want to borrow Pat's bike. His Mario ball. I want to borrow Pat's Mario ball. Someone offers me, I can sell the Mario ball for five. Miss Pac-Man wants it for five. Miss Pac-Man wants it for five. I sell the Mario ball to Miss Pac-Man for five because I think I'm going to be able to rebuy the Mario ball for two dollars. Right. You borrowed it from me basically yes. to sell it. So I borrowed she has it, it from Pat. I don't have any money yet. Sold it to Miss Pac-Man. She has it My for five. Cat. Okay. Because I feel like I'm going to be able to go and buy another Mario ball for two dollars to give back to me. To give back to Pat and so keep not, the profit. So not only do I get to borrow Pat's Mario ball, which is totally sweet, but I get to make a little money on the side. Sure. If the price goes down. But all of a sudden, I sell the Mario Ball to Miss Pac-Man, and 
all of a sudden, everyone loves these fucking Mario balls. And now I can't find a Mario ball to save my life, and the Mario balls are going for like $200, $300. So at some point, Pat needs his Mario ball back. I need it back at some point. I can wait, but at some point, I, I'm owed it back. In real life, you can usually push that deadline along. In stocks, there is a deadline that that has to be back. Essentially, sure. that has to be paid back. So what happened is, people noticed that GameStop was shorting the stocks... Basically, people were buying these stocks and selling to an them obscene off. degree, one hundred and forty percent of the available stocks. So imagine if Ian, I, I'm owed a Mario ball. Ian can't find one to give back to buy to give back to me while he's already losing money on the replacement, and the price keeps going up because everyone's buying Mario balls. Right, that's the situation. You you can't even. You can't even get out with a with a huge loss. It's compounding on itself. Right. I can't even stop. I can't stop the bleed. So if we'll just say Danny Sullivan knows that Ian's in a bind to get a Mario ball, Danny's like, well, fuck you, Ian. I'm going to buy as many Mario balls as I see to drive the price up even more and not only screw you, but the price of the Mario balls go up if I hold on to them. Yeah. And that's what's happening in essence. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, the people on Wall Street Bets, the Reddit channel, got wind that uh, GameStop was horribly shorted. So they went out and, through a concerted effort, bought as much GameStop as they could. And drove the price wacky. Drove the price up. From like up, 20 bucks to over 300 Destroyed some hedge funds in the process. Uh, some people made some life-changing money. I mean, and, and, and this is... This is, I think, going to be a, a watershed moment. Uh, this is going to be something that is going to be studied for years and looked at, and I'm sure regulation is coming because of it. Well, the problem with the, that I learned from my other uh, my friend who knows a lot about finance, it wasn't just also the fact that it was shorted. They were leveraged shorts, meaning they were borrowing money, these hedge funds, borrowing money to do the short. So it's if you had, a, Ian, you had to borrow money to buy the Mario Ball from me, from his Pac-Man. So you owe back that, and the you owe me the Mario Ball and buying back plus money to the people that gave you it to get the Mario Ball. So you're, it, you're compounding on top of it how much you're getting screwed. So uh, Wall Street fought back, of course, because it, this is billions of dollars at stake. This is billions of dollars at stake. It's a, it's a fight between uh, people running these hedge funds. Uh, some of them are millionaires, billionaires. That's what they do for a living with regular people. So there was like uh, shenanigans uh, with, with the Robinhood app where they, they basically disallowed you from uh, buying any more uh, GameStop stock. The not free just, market! Not just that, because I, I bought a stock uh, with Robinhood just to see what was going on. I also bought some AMC because I actually believe AMC was getting short not to the same amount, but AMC is going to come back anyway. But... Don't listen to my economic advice. Like I say that for legality. It's not, a, it's not a suggestion to buy or sell. But with my stock, when I went to the AMC stock, like with GameStop, it wouldn't even allow me to not just buy anymore. I couldn't even sell partially. Literally, it was click a button to close out your entire position. That cannot be legal. Cannot be legal at all. And so there's going to be investigations looked into that because they what they allowed Robinhood, because a lot of people were trading with Robinhood. What they, what they allowed was for some of these hedge funds to close their their shorts out the price went down from i think like 300 to 200 so they reshorted and got some of their money back i believe because no one else could buy they closed out people from buying yeah 
So market manipulation at its finest. Yeah, right it's there. gross. Uh, I mean, uh, everyday Joe is allowed to lose it all on the stock market, but heaven forbid, uh, you know, anyone with money, uh, anyone rich, anyone with exactly. hedge fund lose lose money. But is uh, it, they're gaming. The, they're gaming the system. The, the, well, mean, well, the the market's a free market when you get fucked, but it's not a free market exactly. when when they get fucked. It, it, it's the whole uh, socialism for me, but not for thee. It's, that comes from that comes with the rich it's, too. It's the one thing that brought everyone together, right and left. We're coming together to be like this is fucking bullshit because it's robbing you in plain sight. Yeah. With a gun, like well, on the street with a gun. I think that's. I think that was also what really I was when I was talking to my Lyft driver yesterday. I, I noticed I, as the I, I noticed a lot of people thinking it was amusing until about midweek when you could tell people were starting to really learn what was going on. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think really ruffled feathers and got a lot of people pissed off was when they realized that they were selling borrowed things. Yes, and when you look at that, uh, when you look at the, and when you put it that way, and I mean, you explain it as as simply as possible that it's not just stocks. It's not just stocks. This yeah. is the, these these are people selling things that they don't own on a whim. These people are the ones who will always tell you, "Don't use the fucking stock market like a casino." But that's exactly what yeah. they do. There's just such a precedent for this type of action that they don't think of it as that anymore. But it totally is, and it's totally how they work the market, and they sure. fuck you over. Sure. Sure. So, this is what I'll say. Uh, I'm not going to re- recommend, I never recommend playing around with stocks. Plus, at this point, it might be too late to get in, but in theory, in theory, if there's still a tons tons of shorts out there and more and more people buy, the price should go up in theory if there's enough shorts still where they can't get out and people keep buying and driving it up. In theory. And that's that's as far as I know. It's, it's been going up and down. Be, be very, very careful with this stuff. I bought, a, I bought a single GameStop stock just for the hell of it and to see if I ever, if I could be potentially part of a funny class action lawsuit if they ever end up, you know, uh, going after Robin Hood or something. Just for the hell of it. I bought a single stock of GameStop. Probably too high, but whatever. For for one, I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes. But, um, yeah, it was very interesting. You had Elon Musk uh, talking about it. Uh, today, Mark Cuban went on the Wall Street Bets Reddit and did an AMA and basically said, yeah, you guys got, you could, if you can hold, hold. And, you know, he's giving the guys advice about it because he was like, fuck these hedge fund uh, guys. Even guys like Mark Cuban are like, this is bullshit. Uh, the, oh, the other guy, uh, uh, the other guy from, from uh, Shark Tank said, yeah, he's, Kevin O'Leary, he's like, that's the risk these hedge fund guys take. They got to live with it. So, like, most reasonable people are like, you can't manipulate the market. You got to, if you take the wins, you got to take the losses. But they right. don't want to take the losses. No. They're okay, like I said, they're okay making tons of money with borrowed cash. Borrowed stocks on borrowed cash, which is so weird. That should be illegal. That should be illegal. Yeah, I feel like I I have a feeling, especially with how information gets around and now that this is happening, people are going to be seeking out info left and right for what stocks are currently being shorted the most. And I think what you're going to see is a lot of hedge funds being like, we can't fucking mess with this Oh, it'll stop this. This is probably available. You can look up uh, these sort of things. But now they're going to be a little bit more careful not to... You're basically betting on companies to fail. That's basically what you're doing. Or at least, you know, decrease what's going on. I'm not saying GameStop... Uh, you can talk about GameStop deserving it or not, but when they do it to such this, such a huge amount to a company, and everyone else finds out and takes advantage of it, I'll, I'll be on the side of the small guy when it comes to that. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, scumbags, real quick, I don't talk about uh, bad uh, bad experiences with buyers too much, but I got taken for a ride by a buyer 
recently via Amazon. And uh, th- this Christmas season, I sold lots of uh, N64 guidebooks. Not N64, that's the future. Super Nintendo. And, <laughs> yes. and the post office was really bad around the holidays for everyone because of uh, COVID. I think they had like a right red or it was like 30% less people working in the post system. Uh, tons of higher volume because people weren't going to stores. So if you ordered something in December or even even early January, you weren't getting it for a while. I ordered something, I think around December fourteenth. I didn't get it to like January tenth. That never happens with the post. The post you can say is bad. But you usually get something in like a week, yeah, a little over a week. So there were some people, not a lot, but some people were like, "Hey, where's my where's my book? Where's where's this?" And I'm like, "Well." It's it's delayed. Even the website says that it's going to be delayed. That's about I can't do anything about it. And most people were cool with that. Once I said, you know, it'll 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 arrive because there would be updates uh, where, where like it's on its way somewhere. And you wouldn't see another update for a week. Still, literally, they couldn't they couldn't process them enough. So one guy from Philadelphia, Joe, um, Joe or John, either way, I'm not say your last name. Um, it was the same sort of interaction. It was like it was like something you ordered like early January and then two weeks later hadn't arrived yet. And I was like, well there's some movement it's on its way and so he filed a claim against me he filed a claim against me for the book being that well it never showed up when it was still active on on the tracking and then the worst part about it is that he filed a a claim got his money back and then the book arrived like the next day or or within like 48 hours and he knew it looking he must have looked looked at the track and said it's in movement so I'm like okay that's bullshit I'm going to file an appeal I filed an appeal, and Amazon, even though I said, hey, he got the book, I can't do anything about this, I communicated with him, uh, I lost the appeal. And the guy, if the guy had any fucking uh, moral compass, would pay for the book uh, that he basically stole from me. And that's, that's like the first time that's ever happened to me, where someone did something like that, and it just feels, I feel like fucking shit uh, about something like that. It's not a woe is me, but it's like, come on, man, you're going to do that? To, to, anyway. Kind of shitty. It's like the tracking's there, and, and Amazon screwed me too because Amazon is like, well, it wasn't. It was shipped uh, in a decent amount of time. It's just like, it was bullshit. So anyway, with that said, uh, if you want to help replace it, go to ultimatenintendo.com where you can buy uh, the books and uh, Ian's shiny enamel pin face right there, pin me. face, uh, RBI baseball stickers, and more. And 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 N sixty four book will be next year, probably. Yeah, it'll be next year. I'll die, die trying. But no no pre-orders yet. Um, and you can order it in Europe, uh, the books, at pukapukagames.co.uk. Your source for puka puka and video games. It's an adorable little mascot there. Uh, I'm also going to be on uh, Twitch Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash contracode. Maybe Ian will show up one day and say hi while I watch 80s commercials there. It's possible. You know what I would have loved to watch, Ian? Hmm. A Legend of Zelda Netflix series. I would not have. I think it would have been fun. It would have been great. I just don't... I was talking about this with a coworker over the weekend, and I feel like uh, we both agree that I don't think it would work. I really don't. I don't know what you're going to do with a silent protagonist. But It wouldn't be silent. Well, that's the problem. He wouldn't be, and I think that would be weird. So, um, so it was in the works, according to... Uh, Adam uh, Canover, who, who's Adam Ruins Everything show. I met the man at SoCal, very nice fellow. Um, and he did a podcast, and it was revealed that around 2014, a live-action Legend of Zelda TV series was in production at Netflix. It was at the same time Canover was working on a Claymation Star Fox adaptation for College Humor, 
which was supported by Shigeru Miyamoto. So the comedian reveals that the Legend of Zelda project at Netflix was canceled due to leaks, which I believe we mentioned on the podcast way back in, God, that seems so long ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, Nintendo was upset by it. Canova suspects that someone with the Nintendo leaked the Legend of Zelda adaptation, which caused Nintendo to cancel a slate of projects, a slate, including the Zelda adaptation and the Star Star Fox Claymation shows. We We were deprived of that, Ian. I really would have liked to have seen the Star Fox Claymation shows. I love Claymation, um, and I I like the you know the Star Fox characters. I I mean honestly, to me, it's I don't I'm not sad about not getting to see a, a Zelda adaptation. But I know people want to see it. Um, I just think that's 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 a pretty that's a that's a that's burning it all to the ground. Uh, what? That's burning it all to the ground for leaks. Nintendo canceling oh. everything for, for, for a couple of leaks. Oh, yeah. that's a... Sends a message, though, I Oh, suppose. it sends a message. No one else is ever going to do that again. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that would have been... I mean, then again, with Netflix, they can make you know a thousand other shows and pick them up. That was the whole South Park joke about they buy everything Netflix back in the day. Now they're a little more stringent. But, um, yeah, that's a shame because if they went off on that tangent... Six years ago, we're talking pre-Switch. You know, Star Fox yeah. Wii U was coming out. You, you imagine if they could, if they did a successful Legend of Zelda live-action show. I mean, they're doing a huge uh, Lord of the Rings show, so I'm picturing it'll be something. It'll be not the same amount of money, but um, well, Amazon's doing that. But it would be something like that. Like, oh, week one, we fight the the ogres here, and we fight the freaking whatever with the, the moblins. They're not they're goblins, moblins. moblins. Yeah. This week we go to this labyrinth. This season will it'll be this this game. So. By now, we could have had, like, maybe a season for every... Not every, but multiple Zeldas, potentially. Maybe you could have had, like, standalone series. Maybe. Yeah. Could have been. Could have been a thing. Maybe one would be linked to the past. One would have been Ocarina. You know? Who knows? Uh, but maybe they could have branched off and did a Legend of Zelda... Excuse me. Uh, Super Mario Brothers animated. I don't think there ever will be a live-action Super Mario Brothers show. I, 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 I can't see that Thank happening. Thank fucking God. I definitely I can't see don't. that ever ha- attempted again. Legend of Zelda, you could pull it off. Again, it's like Lord of the Rings. I don't think you can do that with Super Mario Brothers at all. Oh, you could do it with Starbucks and be creepy with those creepy puppets they bring back the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, we, we missed out on an alternate. The timeline shifted, like, back to the future. No Nintendo stuff. They're still making that Super Mario Bros. movie, supposedly. Allegedly. And then this timeline where by now we have uh, Pikmin cartoons and yeah, isn't that like Super that. Mario Brothers movie supposed to be, like, 2022 or something like that? I don't know if it's been affected by... Um... I don't know if that'd be affected by COVID. Don't know if that's been affected by COVID. Super Mario Brothers movie. I think that's going to be, it'll be uh, Universal, right? Because they're doing the theme park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will see. So, so you would not have watched The Legend of Zelda. I would have, but I just don't think it would have been good. September sixteenth, two thousand twenty-two, is what they have listed on IMDb. So, it's going forward. But I can picture Nintendo. They've they've relaxed a little bit, but I can picture them being that brutal to you yeah I, I can it's not smart i think long term but especially especially in the in the bad wii u days that was probably not the best bet but um they stuck to, they, they stick to their guns nintendo don't reveal our hanafuda designs back in 1895 <laughs> they probably said that somebody fucking took a baseball bat and ruined their shop they have a hanafuda card shops back then in japan i don't know just smashing and crashing I read something uh, a couple, a few weeks ago about it was nuts about the percentage that or the number of of businesses in Japan that could be traced back to like seven hundred years or something. There's like hundreds 
that that's go back. wild that's yeah that's... you always forget how young our country is compared to everywhere else in the world like that's nuts that's insane yeah that's crazy they go, you can trace it back to like you know when there's freaking samurai well they technically had samurais 150 years ago but like I'm talking about feudal Japan like real you know no tech I should have been a samurai Ian. you should have been <laughs> you've been a great one I'm sure I like the fence or I used to fence alright uh, there's a GoFundMe going on Ian for uh, Fun Spot yes uh, Fun Spot is in need of financial help and you can do that uh, by going to their 2021 fundraiser on GoFundMe um, they are seeking 50000 um, in funds to basically be able to keep the um, American Classic Arcade Museum technically yeah ACAM uh, to keep it open um, I've never been there I've heard it's ma- magical yeah I've heard I've heard there. great things uh, Granddaddy John D uh, is a big fan of that place do you want me to adopt you father <laughs> no I just like to call him Granddaddy John this D is a, but this is a multi-tiered was it multiple floors right uh, arcade they have they have I mean like some stuff that's breathtakingly probably rare and they have all the classics there and um, I would love to hit there what was it New Hampshire uh, I'd love to, to hit it up one day. If John didn't want to be called Granddaddy John D, he shouldn't have called me drunk at two in the morning and referred to himself as Granddaddy John D. Is that, is that where the, the legend began? That's Yes, that's where it began. <laughs> that's where the legend <laughs> Him began. leaving me a voicemail being like, well, this is Granddaddy John D. What's it going to take to get you on RetroWare TV? And I was like, I'm not doing it, John. Wait, what did you want? You, wait, wait, what did you want you to do on RetroWare? What was this, like 2013? 14? Uh, uh, he called me drunk from MAGFest 2013 is I think what it was okay and that's what ended up getting me out to MAGFest in 2014 that and the fact that we started the, the podcast did we did we yeah, well 2013 seven and a half years summer of 2013 so oh my god so anyway yeah check it out help them reach their goal there um I, I gotta get there one day I, I gotta get there I gotta get there I gotta get to the we got to keep places like this open because yep. if they close during the pandemic, it's going to be that much harder for them to uh, for for another place like this to reopen. Absolutely, I, I would not hate a- to see because if this if the place like this closes down um, and there's no storage, these go into the hands of collectors, and we're never going to be able to see collections like this in not one, one place, spot, not yeah. in one spot again. Uh, and so there's, it's and there's important not- to keep them here while we have them, and it's great to have barcades keep uh, basically responsible for the arcade resurgence of the past, you want to say eight, ten years, they are. Um, but I'd like to have places like this in Galloping Ghost like these just big arcades. Like, there should be more than, there should be more than two of them. You know, or three. They, yeah. I, I'd love to see them sprout out. Like, why isn't there one I can go to, like, in, in Southern California? Like, that'd be great. Like, a gigantic complex. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. You know, there's not there's like a handful of probably things. You have the the arcade um, pinball hall of fame in uh, Vegas, which is for the, 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 basically this, but for pinball machines. There's not a lot of these things that exist, as far as I know. So anyway, what are we talking about? They're talking about oh, did our did our uh, our predictions a little bit late on uh, Google Stadia? A little late, um... not a dollar short, <laughs> late, but but we're on track for for it. 
for it shutting down. Yeah, so uh, Google Stadia shuts down their internal game development studios. This is not them shutting down Stadia, but I think it's an extremely bad indicator as to how well this is going for them. It's, it's the opposite of good. Yeah, it's the opposite of good. This indication. Um, this is them basically shutting down, uh, you know, the... As Pat and I discussed last night, there are servers which are probably Over less expensive to, to to maintain, and then there are the aspects of this experiment that are taking constant money, that are constant uh, constant drain on finances and um, development studios, uh, specifically for Stadia, are for definitely exclusive type of games definitely is going to be a drain and they got rid of it so basically what that this is like what this looks like to me is this is sony abandoning the vita not even a year into it in the united states and being like we're not making games for it anymore uh third parties can still put stuff out on it you're still going to see support but i think this is the beginning of what will probably be a much more rapid end to stadia um than even the Vita. Well, there's no reason to to go out and try to market anymore if you have no exclusive titles to be like, there's like, there's not, it's not, a, they try to call it like a hybrid platform. It's not a platform anymore. It's just a streaming game streaming service. Right. It's not a platform. There's no games for it. Yeah. Now, if, you can't if, if it's not else. going to be anything exclusive. And there are currently still a few games on there that you can't play anywhere else, but they are all timed exclusives. I believe that Pac-Man game is a timed exclusive. I know my friend's game, um, Gunsport, is a timed exclusive, and I really can't wait to be able to play that. Uh, it's like Gunsport forever. It like <laughs> I fucking love Gunsport. It's so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was able to beta test it. Now I want to play it on an actual platform that's not Stadia. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is not good. That's basically all I have to say about that. So what do we say? We, you said like June of last year. I said like August or September. I think I said yeah. Like I, I think I, I knew I, was, I knew I was being very yes hyperbolic hyperbolic. But yeah. yeah, I said June of last year, and you said October. So maybe we might hit June or October of this year. Either way, I'll, I'll, I'll be the winner of that bet because I'll still be closer. But, yeah, but if we, if we don't do prices right rules, we both went over. Do, 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 do. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> I wanted. I I should have used that one last week for a specific time, and I didn't. Um, so yeah, like we like I was saying to Ian over a glass of Chardonnay. Uh, in the, in the, Chardonnay in, in the jacuzzi. That's how we discuss the uh, podcast yeah. topics. You know that, <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I love hot tubs. Uh, they did all the R and D for the streaming part. So right. That's that money spent. It's money spent. The marketing will as shitty as they market. That's spent. Now they're just draining money by having to employ people to make games that will come out and no one will buy, basically. that's I mean, as, as bad as it sounds, that's what's happening. Um, so you feel bad for these people that now have to look for work elsewhere. But at least they were employed the past months, and hopefully they can still make these games. Hopefully the agreement they can still make these games and have them come out on their platforms, you hope. Yep. You hope that there's like in a clause where, well, if this goes, if I was working for them, I'd be like, well, okay, if this goes belly up, can I take this IP elsewhere that we're developing? Yeah, am I allowed to work am with I these allowed? ideas? Because otherwise, or, it's just months of I, I have nothing. But to But if show it's for technically this. their studio, I guess Google would probably say, no, we own it. But hopefully, they work out a deal. I don't know. Come on, Google, have a heart. Have a heart, Google. Come on, do something here. Yeah, Googs. Come on, Googs. Is <laughs> Googs calling at two AM drunk? Hey, you, you're only gonna search with me. No more of that Bing bullshit. <laughs> Grand, Just me, Granddaddy Googs. No, I don't want you going to Jeeves. Oh, F Jeeves. That's me doing Googs voice Googs. when he's drunk. Googs. Googs drinks a lot. Of, a lot of whiskey. Um, 
so what is it? It's still ten dollars a month for Stadia Pro. Uh, there, I still, I still, I still, I said to myself, I wanted to do, give it a trial just to, uh, just to see if if I could try out, um, a modern game on my system and see what it would run if I can if I if I played Cyberpunk and it's better than a PS4. It's like why not try it out even though you don't really own it. Once I shut the servers down, you know. Right. But I want to at least demo it and, and see. Like I said, I have fiber optics, so I mean, if it doesn't work with me, even with Wi-Fi, though, but it's, if it doesn't work with me, everyone else is going to have issues with it. So anyway, anything else to add uh, there with, with this? Uh, I feel bad if you bought the Founders Edition bundle for one twenty nine, especially because they're giving away like the fucking con- they were giving away the controllers and the Chromecasts for at least a month through YouTube. Uh, I think it was last what month. What does a Chromecast cost? I don't know. Like twenty bucks. What does a Chromecast even cost? They might still be doing that. I almost did, just so I could play fucking Gunsport. But I didn't. Are you going to wait for it to come out somewhere else? Yeah. Hey, your friend got paid there, right? You got paid that exclusive Google yeah, Bucks? he did. And, it, I well, mean, it, it, it got the game out of... Uh, I don't know the full story. I mean, he's published, you know, a number of games, but that one was constantly back and forth in limbo, and it was the... Yeah, I mean, Stadia is the reason why he was able uh, to finish the game, you know so there's good news there. We should do the CU Podcast streaming service and, and, and game studios. I'm, I'm announcing it right now. Completely we'll, unnecessary game studios. We'll, we'll do we'll do Gunsport, too. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll stream it on the podcast, uh, uh, and we'll do it on Twitch. Well, that's how That's how you can play it. You watch us play it. And you can pretend you're playing it, and you come along. I'll let Brandon know that we've announced the sequel. <laughs> we announced the sequel. We're pre-announcing it. They do that with movies. But right before the movie comes out for the weekend, or right during the weekend, we're doing the sequel. <laughs> they do that all the time. We're doing the sequel. It happens. All right, is that it for this intro? That's it for this intro. Oh, this was a fun one. That was good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, Ian. Yep. The Nintendo Switch. Mm. The the hybrid console, the real hybrid console, not Google Stadia, reached a, a milestone following the past Christmas holiday season that was uh, startling yet not surprising. Surprising but not shocking. They reached nearly 80 million sold. It's crazy. That's nuts. It's, uh, what, 20, 30, 30 million shy of, I think, what the Wii did. Because I think the Wii was like 111 million. Um, I think the PS2, what was the PS... It'd be nice to look at the numbers. I'll bring them up here. I know you're going in that direction because I would have had it prepared. But <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so the PlayStation 2 did 155. That's still the, the, the big boy. Okay. We did 101.6. 101. So okay. we'll say it's 30, it's 30 million away from the Wii. Gotcha. I never thought... The Switch would have had a chance to catch the Wii. Now it has a chance to catch the Wii. I never would have thought that. It had a chance. Um, um, I, yeah. th- I said it was going to sell. I thought it was going to be successful. I, my range was like 35 to 45. I said, that's going to be a banger success. This is blowing away. And this is in three and a half years. So Almost four years If in, if in a couple if, months. If they announce a Switch Pro and keep it as part of the same line and they, they don't do it as like a you know a sequel system not which, the switch pocket which i don't think they would um i, th- I think we will easily hit the 
I think we will hit the hundred million. You'll break it. Yeah. As long as as however they release the Switch Pro, whenever that eventually comes out, as long as they're allowed to count that towards total Switch sales... The same platform. The same platform, um, they will absolutely hit 100. I think it might without it. I think if you get two more years out of this, I think you might might inch up. Yeah. I I think... I mean, this is nuts, uh, what's been going on. Um, So... Like I said, like this isn't like oh we told you so because I I mean I knew it was gonna be a success but not like this, but it really shows you not to count not to not to count Nintendo out, but don't underestimate how much a cons- consumer base wants something that that doesn't exist. But they they once they see it, I want it. You know what I mean? Like they don't know they want it till they see it. If that makes sense. Sure. And that really is the trick of marketing, is to come up with something that people go, I want that when they see it exists, but have it actually fill... A big need. Fill a market because, space. Because that was... Because back... Remember that first... Uh, that hipster uh, party commercial where no one was under... Uh, no one was over the age of 24? When they did that... What was that? Fall of 2016. Remember that? And they were sitting on the rooftop. Yes. They're playing yeah. the games, which is fine if you want to do that. But, but, but there was a division between people like Ian and me were like, oh, okay, I see the appeal of this. Right. I immediately see. Versus the other people were like, where's the, this is, oh, this is casual stuff still. This, was, they should have a hardcore gaming system. Not realizing that's not what Nintendo's brand and marketing is. And guess who's correct? Everyone that was on this side of the table. Because, you know. I, I, I always want to, I, I, I want to, I, I, I don't, but I always, I was telling Pat this earlier, I always want to name some specific names. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, when we were doing the biz, the biz jazz. Um, <laughs> the biz coos. Uh, I need people to understand. Obviously, this is a joke. I hate hot tubs. I can't what? fucking stand them. Oh. I Like, if I'm in a hot tub for five minutes, I feel like I've taken stronger drugs then I, I I just I hate it I get oh, okay. woozy I get fucking dumb. Um, anyway, keep hydrating and that's the key. Sorry, go on. So uh, I always want to call out certain people that uh, really hitched their cart to the switch being a failure because it was doomed. It doomed was the words they doomed. used because it wasn't just them being like I don't get this I'm not sure this is going to succeed. They were all so smarmy and yes. certain. Because I like the PS4 and the PS3. This is how I game. That's how I think the fucking universe wants their games. And that's why you're wrong. I, it's totally okay. They didn't to get ha- that, like, there's different segments of the population that may not want just a hardcore gaming console. They want the Disney console. They, they need that. There's always been that in the market going back to the 80s. It's totally cool to have the market concerns, but yeah, I, I really could have it's done like without. And tunnel I will, vision? And I hate to say it, it's not so petty, but I will never forget the people who just got so fucking high and mighty over this thing being a failure. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't a shock that the Wii U did bad. From the start, people were confused about... Um, oh, the Wii the U looked like a, a mess going into it. The, yeah. the marketing was horrible. Calling it the Wii U was horrible. We called that out. Like, I mean, I called that out before the podcast. No, it was a podcast still, but like, Wii U came out, what, 2012? Jesus, it was only nine years ago. God. But it's like confusion in the marketplace. Uh, the tablet thing had issues, and then there was no third-party support 
the, the people lied. Companies lied about the third party support, which is that's more on them. But they were even like they were shaky on it to, to, from the start. I, I, yeah. I didn't even tell this. I can't believe I, I didn't uh, tell this fucking story. This just happened this past weekend. Not a tale. Not it's not it's not a juicy tales from the game store. Um, no, literally, I had a, a family come in and they were asking me questions about Wii's, GameCubes, and Wii U's. Mm-hmm. I tried to give them all the information that I could. They bought the Wii U, took it home brought it back and exchanged it for a Wii because they thought the Wii U was just a super Wii and that it was still going to be able to play GameCube games, which was a big thing for them. And, like, they asked me questions and I told them, but people... They couldn't put it in their, together in their mind. Like, people, what? The, it's the same color, it's the same form looking, and it has the same name on it. And I like... I like a uh, lot of things about the Wii U. Well, I was, a white I was not one, as but... down on that system as a lot of people. I don't think there's any real need to go back to it now. But while it was out, I enjoyed it. But the Wii U, at least the Virtual Boy, you look at it and you're like, okay, I know what this is, even if I absolutely don't want it and no one wants this. People didn't know what the fuck the Wii U was. The <laughs> fact that they used, well, there was, no one ended up buying the white one, but there was a white console, and that's how they announced it at E3. Oh, that was, was even worse, yeah. Because... We were. I was there in the conference room, like when they when they still were doing them. With like you know, Reggie's doing the fucking catch a ball, fucking and people in the audience. We're talking game journalists. We're like, so is this an add on? Is this a new? Like we didn't know. I had a feeling though. I said this probably can't be an add on. There's too much new shit going on. But the fact that we had a question it at the time, yeah, horrible that Nintendo didn't do the marketing and horrible that they named it the same fucking console. Like that doesn't make any sense. The Wii was a shitty name to begin with. The Wii U was an absolute abomination of a name. What does that fucking mean? Well, the well the Wii means we're together playing Wii. That's what it means. Yes, but Wii U. Yeah, that doesn't mean that means less. Yeah, but Yeah. yeah. The, the fact the, the fact that that it was the same color and how they marketed it anyway, we, same form we get on this every time it comes up but well, I I felt like I had to bring it up because literally as recent, it's a smarminess as, as as recent oh well that but as literally yeah. as this past weekend people are still confused over what a Wii U is. Y- yes and it's not just the fact that these are and they, hey one of the people sat where Ian was and I interviewed this individual that predicted you know the, the switch would be a failure. They never admit they're wrong. Just say hey hey I, I I fucking I had a bad prediction on a video game console. It's on me. It's like this is why I hate sports analysts. Oh, because sports, they ne- I fucking hate sports they analysts. Never, too. They never. Not all of them. A lot. You have to fucking pull them by their teeth to get them to admit that when they are wrong on a prediction. Just like you can't, like it doesn't kill your reputation to admit, hey, I was wrong. I called that one wrong. Like you're not a weaker person for doing that, and they can't even do that. They can't do it. They can't do it. So that's bad. But this is a, a miraculous. We do all love Stephen Smith, though, don't we? I think Stephen A. Smith is 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 an interesting case. We want to go on this because he knows a decent amount. And he's also extremely entertaining. So yes. like, he's like the sweet spot of of, of it. I I, 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 know. I don't watch a lot of sports stuff, but if I'm flipping channels and Stephen A. Smith is talking, I will usually stop he's, and listen to what he has to say. He's evolved into I, I the like him a lot. carnival barking sports guy, but he's not... He's super entertaining, even like he can't talk about. He talks about MMA. He knows nothing about MMA at all. It's embarrassing. He tries to pretend because he he's, he's, he's probably paid like six million a year, Stephen A. Smith, five million. Like, it's all right. Sometimes I million pretend million. I can talk about um, stocks, but like he knows about basketball and football. No, he's very uh, good about basketball. Because he used to play his... and cover that. Like he's from, he's a, he used to be a beat writer, so he's not a nobody, right? You know, a lot of these newer, younger guys that that come along and gals are maybe smart about the sports, but he's actually used to be like a beat writer. He used to travel with teams and cover them. 
I believe it was the 76ers, I believe. But like, now we're going on a tangent, but no, I like Stephen A. Smith. That's it's like listening to Shannon Sharp, too. Shannon Sharp, he's all right. He's all right. Uh, what are we talking about? Switch. Oh, Animal Crossing, Ian, had a milestone as well. Not a milestone, but like a huge number that we talked about in the, in the, in the, biz, in the biz Jews coups? What? Uh, the biz coups. Biz coups. <laughs> the biz coups. Uh, yeah, this is another one. Uh, just the attach rate. Uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons has sold uh, 31 million copies. In less than a year. Nine months. Less than a year. Um, In a pregnancy. To to put that into perspective, um, Super Mario, uh, or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Wii, or not not on the Wii, the Switch, Switch. uh, has sold 33. And that's in like... Four years. And that came out almost, that was like like May of 2017. Yeah, so almost four years. Almost four years. Um, That's nuts. And Animal Crossing will continue. I I have a feeling the strategy for Animal Crossing is we're approaching a full year of Animal Crossing. I have a feeling that they're going to announce new events and new things that they will roll out for the next year, which will get more people to buy into it. It will get people, uh, lapsed players like me, to maybe sit back down and go back and clean up their villages. Um, I, I, I think that we'll see probably... If I had to guess, I think we'll probably see a final total sold count of, of 40 mil on this. It's going to slow I mean, down. It's going to slow down. But, but that's insane. But it, it's nuts. Especially, and uh, you know, usually when we talk about attach rates like this, uh, games that have sold in this amount, it's usually like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in that it's been out for multiple years. Sure. This was just a perfect fucking storm. Yeah. Because it's not like Animal Crossing was a household name at all. Um, here's Here's the list of all the other combined sales and what they did you ready yeah for this i'll go in order order that they came out here 2005 animal crossing uh let's see wild world did excuse me, 2001 the original animal crossing did 2.27 million not bad it's pretty good especially on the gamecube yeah especially on the gamecube which no one had uh, i mean the god that one sold 24 million on the gamecube it, 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 I mean, it was successful i thought it not, was 30 but okay yes it, it, was, it was small without looking okay next you had 2005 you had Wild World on the DS. You have a bump up to 11.75 million. DS, a lot more people have it. Probably make, my make favorite sense. version of the game, too. Uh, the Wii, for some reason, no one bought it compared to the attach rate. This is, I mean, look at the comparison. 100, 101 uh, million uh, Wii sold. They only sold 4.32 million. Still good, but City Folk did not sell well at all. So it shows you something's going on there. Or It's, or, or, it's or, weird, too, because uh, I totally... That could have been the perfect storm if people had known about it more, I think, at the time, because that would have been a great system for it. 3DS, 2012, new benchmark. It beats out the DS, which makes sense. 12.82 million for Animal Crossing yeah. New Leaf. <clears throat> then then we go to two, the tale of two uh, consoles. This, is, was, this was the tale of Nintendo in 2015. You have Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. That was a game. Happy Home Designer is cute. Sold 3.47 million. That's respectable. Uh, it's a yeah, it is. It's a spinoff. It's it's really not like the normal game, but we can count it. Uh, but then you have Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival on the Wii U. That is a shit game. But either way, it only sold 490 thousand for a first party game. That's insane. That is awful. That is for one that the, the previous ones did up to twelve million. That well, is awful. I do have to point out that it it is awful. I but mean, you, it's awful. You have to. The game was initially only sold with two amiibos. It was basically uh, you buy the amiibos and the game was a free pack. Okay, 
That's still, that, that's, that's still awful. It though. is. It is awful. But I also I, I would be interested in comparing that to sales of amiibos and see where it. I see what you're saying. It falls in there because it really was but, more like you get a game, but you want the amiibos. It, but it still goes to show you just how weak the Wii U was. Oh and yeah. How, how they were just like, okay, 3ds is keeping us alive, right? Uh, which we've talked about at the time. We go, oh, Nintendo's doing no. The 3ds was keeping them alive for like five years, um, and then you have. Uh, the uh, a Wii U one, which you said basically was saying, well, you're really trying to sell toys yes. at that point. Yeah, it was which also kept Nintendo alive. Was was Amiibo and 3DS kept them alive? We always t- when Nintendo the stumbles, they always happen to accidentally come upon something else yeah. that's really oh, big. You like our Amiibos? We'll make we'll make all these different fucking versions of them, as many as we can. We'll pump them out. Nintendo fans who don't even own Wii U's will buy these, yes. to put them on their shelves. And then dumb collectors will think they're rare. Nintendo is like, oh, we'll just make a billion more of them, and, and <laughs> because we're making the money on them. So anyway, so that's shocking an attach rate like that. I'm more I'm most shocked about the Wii one only only selling 4.32 million. That's really the story. 4% attach rate versus a Pat Math 37 and a half attach rate so far and going up. Yeah. Well, game this, yeah. COVID definitely uh COVID definitely was a factor. Um New Leaf on the 3DS, I think, was when the game really got a big boost in popularity. So I think you already... It, COVID was a factor, but you New Leaf was, I think, the game that really but, laid some groundwork for a fan base to get excited for this next one. But no, this will be the perennial... Like, this will be their big hit on each console going forward. This will be... There'll be an Animal Crossing that'll do huge numbers probably because of this going forward. Mm-hmm. Like it, now, this is now. Hey, congratulations! They welcome into like the Zelda club with Mario. They're waiting there. Hey, come over, come over. Now they could just bring personality back to the fucking animals. They don't personalities. Not as much as previous iterations. They've muted them down. Yeah, they feel more like accessories to the village as part of like an actual. That's a different story. I'm not actually the biggest New Horizons fan. I love Animal Crossing. You've been very contrarian in this podcast, you know, on a couple of things. Except for Stephen A. Smith. I'm glad you like Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I, I, I love Animal Crossing, um, and New Horizon provided me with some comfort during the pandemic, but it's not my favorite version of the game by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, well, there you go. And then uh, good old Reggie did it. He's doing a lot of... Uh, I wonder what he thinks of the GameStop stuff going on. Hopefully he's selling a stock. Um he did, a, he did an interview recently about the failure of the Wii U. Reggie said that Switch was a make-or-break product for Nintendo. Um, this was in New York Gaming Awards Twitch stream. New York Gaming Awards. He opened up about the slow Wii U sales. This is from Go Nintendo's article. And resounding success of the Switch. He sh- uh, Reggie shares just how important that Switch breakthrough was for the big N, uh, which you can read below. He said, you know, Nintendo has done so many innovations in the space. I think what Nintendo did with the Switch after the poor performance of Wii U, I think to me... Uh, of what I was part of. That's my lasting memory. So, um, people forget when the Wii U launched, the performance over that life cycle was as poor. I mean, it was a worse selling platform. I think maybe Virtual Boy was a little bit worse. Oh, yeah, Virtual Boy was worse. Nintendo <laughs> would have been out of business if they sold less than a million uh, Wii U's, maybe. Uh, but, no, I mean, not out of business, but they would have been hurting. But Wii U underperformed pretty radically in the marketplace. So he I, he makes a good point about it being make or break, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, make well, or break in terms of the reputation, at least. I think reputation, um, not for their money. They well, still have tons of money. But I, I, see, that's what I was thinking about. I, it, it, the switch really did become more imp- as we've always talked about, as other people have talked about. Nintendo's got failure money; yes. they can fail. 
uh, I mean, I don't remember how accurate it is, but I kept seeing the number going around for a couple, a few years ago. We were talking about it uh, during the Wii U. If Nintendo fucking released failures just financially, they had money to float them for like fucking thirty-five years. They have like, they, was the was, amount of money was obscene that they made from the Wii, and then plus that they already had in the bank. You know, so that's it what they obscene. were talking. So they could have failed and kept going, but the 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 Wii U to switch. Um, transition was crucial for two reasons one for reputation but two nintendo always when something like the wii u failed they could fall back on something like the 3ds the switch is now encompassing your console market and your portable market if the switch fails you don't have a portable market to fall back on. that's how we always said it's going to be a success because at the very least it's a portable that's why i hedged my bets that's why i said well people will buy it because it's a new nintendo portable portable. and the 3ds is still is so strong even if the console aspect of it were to fail uh, or not be used nintendo would still probably do very well selling a new portable yes but yeah that that, was the logic behind it that was the calculus that is where i think you know it, it did become a like, I don't think I think make or break is a little a bit of an exaggeration, but it was definitely a very important transition so, time for them. Doing some huge pat math on my calculator, a hundred million consoles. I'm talking console sales on the Wii. Say they made a hundred dollars on each. It's probably around that, maybe a little bit less, not counting accessories. That's a uh, that's a uh, well. I can't, I don't know what number that is anymore. Ten billion dollars. <laughs> Ten billion dollars. That's not counting uh, software sales. And they did tens of millions of software sales. They did, what was it, uh, 40 million just for the Mario Kart on the Wii. So, I mean, like, are you kidding me? Don't worry about the Wii U putting them out of business. They're not counting 3DS successes to offset the Wii U's failures. So, um, but yeah, you don't want to ever become Atari and be like, oh, you have crap consoles. You don't want to be Sega. What the fuck is this? This is your third failure in a row. You don't want to ruin your rep that way. Yeah, they could financially fail, but they could not... Fa- they could afford to financially fail. They could not afford I mean, to fail uh, in the eyes of the consumer. I mean, you can you can make the argument that Nintendo's too big to fail at this point, where they're like, well, they have so much money and so much going on, they could just throw so much shit at you that something's going to stick. Well, and That I, could be true, too. And I, I think that's also... Um, part of why they do all these I, I, and this is what I don't like but Nintendo does a lot of weird crazy things that seem ass backwards and they do it because they can and they don't need to do much of anything sure absolutely so it's it is what it is plus like I said if like if they like who would have who would have filled the hole of Nintendo I mean Nintendo has like, their IPs alone are worth so much money without a console it's nuts how much the Legend of Zelda IP be worth or Super Mario Brothers so but I get what he's saying about consoles though so, but there's also remember, Ian. There's also that one uh, member of the uh, segment of the gaming uh, gaming segment that always will buy, you know, go for a switch. If you're into games with with blood and violence and sexual content and and kids in sexual compromising positions and rape uh, on the Nintendo, if, if 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 that's what you want, then buy a switch. Yeah, yeah. So they got that covered. Those those gamers will be right running towards the switch right there. Jesus Christ, <laughs> fucking idiot. All right, um, in special boy, we've got big big news out of the uh, video game history foundation and uh, our pals, our pals over there, and uh, Ars Technica has a good write up on it as well. So everyone, if you ever wondered, 
why didn't they make a baseball game that was like NBA Jam? You had you had open ice, you Hockey. had NBA Jam, you had NFL Blitz, mm-hmm. football, um, and you ended up with I, 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 it wasn't Midway, but uh, also you ended up seeing like arcade soccer games like yeah. Sega's Virtual Striker. Oh yeah, sure. That could be played you know quicker. That, that, that even Virtual Tennis. You want to make the argument? Yeah, sure. So uh, you know all of these uh, sports, all of the major sports got an arcade type game um baseball never really did now you can say and and i and, and i will i think it's worth bringing them up we'll say uh, nba jam style yeah arcade uh, i think baseball arcade. stars is close uh baseball stars two specifically uh not baseball stars one baseball stars championship edition on the um on the uh neo geo on the mvs is more of a standard baseball game however those there's risks that can be taken because those are not standalone machines so that's that's an important sure, sure, important sure. thing because because those are game carts you basically are putting slotting in carts yes. so it's not as big as a risk as I'm just saying like there there was some precedent sure. it has been done before I think baseball stars two is probably one that does it the best keeps it moving along feels very arcadey um, but there was going to be one Midway was uh, working with intelligent technologies on a game called Midway Power Up Baseball that was essentially to be the NBA Jam. Uh, baseball. So uh, apparently, uh, this was known. Uh, Kyle Orland of Ars Technica did a uh, reverse search on the Internet Archive and did find that there were people talking about it at one point in time back in the day. Um, but it was quickly forgotten about and nothing ever came of it. A ROM was found among. Um, uh, among the collection of late video game uh, developer Chris Oberth. Uh, most of the stuff that he had related to his own project, but uh, th- as this article states, um, they found a CD-ROM with the word baseball handwritten in marker on it, uh, popped it in a drive, and found source code, art assets, and incompiled ROMs. So, um... Power up baseball. Power up baseball. Gotta stop saying, um... Power Baseball is interesting in that it uses two trackballs. This makes sense because it was developed by uh, this. Is as much as this was going to be a midway published game, it sounds like a lot of the development work was being done by in, uh, Intelligent Technologies, which was always famous for Golden Tee Golf. That was their big thing. And you use a trackball to pitch, and you use a trackball to bat, and then there are uh, base running buttons what I understand. Um, and it actually sounds like it probably would have been pretty fun uh, to, you know, pitch and bat with um, with the trackballs. I think just the pitching and batting aspect of it sounds so like it would have been a lot of fun. The faster you guess you roll the trackball to pitch, it'll go faster. The right. Ball. And much like... Um, and for swinging, I guess that's the, 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 the power of the swing based upon how quick you slam it. Yeah, and I, I believe I was... When I talked to... Uh, Frank Cifaldi about it uh, a few months ago. He had mentioned, I think, that much like, um, much like with oh, you had the inside skinny with Golden Tea, you can you know pull back and then go forward to like slice or hook. There's okay, probably the curve. there's probably two combinations for your pitches. So you can get your curveballs, your changeups, your your, your uh, fastballs, um, and then you could fill up power meters to do uh, special. Uh, 
pitches like tornadoes and then there's yeah, like ultra stuff from baseball simulator yeah you can do like flaming baseball you can you grab can the pitch and toss balls. it and hit it so yeah. like they're, they're there's a li- it, there's a lightsaber swing that you can do yeah which is all on their page here so they're, they're making it baseball and that's a hard sport to make more fun they're making it a little bit more fun and nba jam ish with these wacky things you know but a couple problems came up with it, and I think what they... And they put these on location, correct? They put these out to test. That I don't few, know. I, th- I believe they it said they, they put out a small number. Of oh, them. okay. Yeah. Because um, one of these was found, it looks like it was found, they found a cabinet a year ago with, without without the board. They found a cabinet. Yeah, well, they so. do talk about how there was, like, test cabinets set up at Midway, or I think information te- or uh, intelligent technologies, because you could hear people down the hall playing it because the trackballs sure. were constantly slamming. Um why were public play test it was on the page so why didn't it come out well one reason is technology wise the game does not look very good you can look at uh you can look at um video of it and i guess you know in the year from when they had started developing it to when it was getting close to completion uh, expectations for graphics and what could be done with arcade graphics had changed fairly considerably. Yeah, it, it still has the digitized like NBA Jam sort of look, but the fact that it's a, on a, basically on a 2D space, the baseball game, from what it was being explained, it's not tr- real 3D. It's not 3D. It looks very strange. So the scaling is weird, and, fr- and from the, how it was described, it was like, well... The guys, for, for, the, for the technology, what it sounds like, like when you're running around the bases and the ball comes back, it's like they had a guess where the guys were running around when it came back into view and things like that. That's what I was gathering from it. it so it seemed like it was just a little bit, it didn't just work. The concept with, with the technology combined didn't work. This is what Alan Noon said, the art director. He said, we put it out on test in a okay. handful of locations. It didn't do well, and then after a couple of weeks, it was yanked, and we reworked it, and we worked really hard in trying to fix it and make it better and put it out again, and it didn't earn. So, so yeah, what they said was it didn't earn, but they also said when they were playing it, they realized design-wise it was kind of a quarter muncher. Um, baseball be- games are rough. because ba- yeah, It's tough to do baseball in the arcade because unlike... Football, unlike basketball, hockey. hockey, where everything has a time limit They're that you timed. can play into, and then with an arcade game, you can speed up the action and you can shorten those those quarters and those periods. You can make uh, a basketball game feel perfectly at home in an arcade setting. NBA Jam did it. It's one of the best video games ever created. Yeah, when you play an NBA Jam game, uh, you're going to play about the same amount of times and quarters each. It's predictable. Right. Uh, if if you are playing someone else in Midway Power Up Baseball who's very good, I mean, you go to extra innings. That's costing you more money. So it became a money sink and a time sink. They couldn't figure out a way to really get people in and off of it and well, feel satisfied. Well, this is the problem. They tried. They tried shortening innings. It didn't really. Or shortening the amount of innings. That that didn't help. Uh, they just couldn't really get it. It's a problem inherent with the sport. I hate to say, it, some people love baseball. I played it. It's not like the other sports because the experiences can be totally different. You yeah. can have a game where there's... I went to a Padres game where it was like 20 to 18. I'll never forget that. Me and Frank left. because was like, this is ridiculous. This, this game's going for four and a half hours. we got to get out of here. Uh, there's games that can go 1-0 where nothing happens. No one get, gets a hit or barely gets a hit. When you're playing a video game, especially in the arcade, you, don't want, you want to feel like you did something. And with baseball, as in real life... And with the game, you can do nothing. 
and come away with absolute nothing. You play NBA Jam or NFL Hits, you can do a fun play, you can score uh, easily and do and do some things. Baseball, I can be struck out three times, made my quarter last three innings or whatever, and I do jack shit and I walk away. And that's why, historically, you have not seen a lot of baseball arcade games. Right. But I can only talk... Ian named one. There was a relief pitcher, which had a fun way of re- of reshuffling it because they put you in situations to save the game. You play like two innings or one inning, and you continue on. It was a, Relief uh, pitcher is actually um, a really neat way to do it. Yes. It's Putting, one of the only ways you can do it because it puts you, okay, you got three guys are on base. you got to strike out two guys in order to end the game. A lot of you know? modern baseball games will do that now, too, where you can just play like certain at-bats or tense moments. Like if you, if you create a team and you're like trying to sim a season, there are things, and, and that to me is honestly my most fun way to play a baseball video game throw me in when you know the 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 counts are full and the bases are loaded and let me make that pitch like that's fun but then there's that other one from the 80s that had remember had the the, the black sticks in order to hit literally like a little bat on the left on the right no, had a stick for pitching you mentioned this in the biz what the fuck was and that i don't recall you don't recall because they probably didn't sell well they had one at uh casino pier in seaside heights was it world series baseball and you put a quarter in and you played like three innings. So you're paying 75 cents to play nine innings. That's how they had to do it. Because you, you can't do a quarter for nine innings because a baseball game in the arcade will take you 20 minutes. Play 15, 20 minutes. They want to keep your money. But the problem with that game is that you're spending quarters just to get used to the mechanics of it. Because a baseball game is also the most complicated to figure out how the hell do I play this? You got to worry about the pitching mechanics. You got to worry about the batting mechanics. You got to know what, how do, how do I throw to certain bases? How do I stop my runner from advancing if there's a fucking pop fly? How do I go back? Baseball rules. If you don't know baseball, are extremely hard to understand. If you're not, if you don't grow up, yeah, with this batting, sport. pitching. Fielding, running, base running, they are stealing all, bases. They are pickoffs. That's four different systems that you have to learn Basically, to play a game at the same time. Whereas when you're playing something like football or a basketball game, you're learning kind of two at max. You're learning offense and defense. You need two buttons and a controller. Yeah, on most sports games for, in the arcade, whether it's you know a pass and shoot in uh, in, in hockey, three in soccer, NBA and in game. football. Yeah, in baseball. You got to know 18 different things and the weird rules on top of it. It just does not make for a good arcade experience. It just doesn't. No, and don't. And, and I, I need to make sure I, I'm saying this. I'm not trashing baseball games in no, general. No, 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 baseball no. Baseball video games in general are some of my most favorite sports games, but just not not in an arcade setting. I honestly the. I think the best baseball experience you can have in an arcade is on one of those Williams pitch and bat machines. You get the oh, you get fun. the pitching, you get the batting, and it moves it along by having all of your base running done by where the ball goes. So you're naturally going to move through your outs and all of that stuff very excuse me, very quickly. So there was let's see, in eighty three Sega put out champion baseball. I do not remember that. I'm assuming that came out in the US. Um, uh, then obviously you had the you had the Nintendo uh, VS baseball game, if you want to count that as well. Um, then you had yes, it was World Series. That was the game. That's the game I played. It had, it had a little black. It's a weird construction. A little black uh, module on the left that, and a little stick, which not only did the strength of your bat, but also the position. It was kind of high tech for like we're talking. It's probably eighty five, eighty six, eighty five. Who made it? Cinematronics. Oh, interesting. I'm surprised you never saw it before. And on the right side, you had a similar little stick, but it was uh, it was inside. It wasn't raised to do the pitch, and you pulled it back. So, so if you're playing by yourself, Ian, you had to go from left to right on the machine in between innings. 
So it's interesting. So if you're playing two players, you'd have to swap positions. Surprise! Yeah. It's a. I don't think it's probably a rare game, but like you can see why. Why? Yeah, I'm looking at it, what they did for coins here. How much it was coins? But you, it was not one quarter for nine innings because then then you're not making any money if you're running it. No. But but yes, no one was ever playing that game at Casino Pier that I remember. It was very rare you see someone playing that. That's to me the classic arcade baseball game. Yeah, great graphics, but the mechanics were rough. Oh, who's trying to call me? Go away. So anyway, so uh, yeah, so check out check this out. Uh, oh, this will be released at some point. I believe the ROM will be released at some point. Right? Uh, if you, uh, I, I don't know if they'll release it standalone, but I, it says in that article if you go to the um, video game history page uh, for it, and you should because it's got animated gifs of all the special moves. And there's and a stuff YouTube like video. That. There's a YouTube video where you can watch people play it. Um, but apparently, I didn't see them. But there are instructions there on how to compile your own version of it to get it running. Okay. And to play it, this will be running on. Um, says that while the game was not yet supported in a release version of the main software, you can build your own right now from the Project Repository. Oh, I'm sure the standard instructions for compiling Mame are here. I'm sure within a week there'll be a, there'll be a freaking you know main oh, yeah. version. Give it time. But but it's interesting because I never heard of this before. I didn't know this was a thing at all, and I guess mo- like this didn't come up any murmurings at all, Ian. I never heard of this. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. If you look at the 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 uh, article, the Ars Technica article, it says that Kyle Orland did a reverse archive search and did find people talking about it. But back it was like, then, but, but it, it was, was like, is it real? It was, you know? <laughs> it was minimal and it disappeared quickly. But it was it was in some way, shape, or form known about back when it was it would have been relevant. So yeah, and, and then the interesting about the one machine that there's a picture of that someone found, it, it, it does not have a trackball on it. It looks like it has looks like it has four buttons on both. It doesn't look like a trackball. So either they swapped it out, it's still the same control panel. Um, but there's two joysticks instead of trackballs on on that. But I'm sure they could they could um they could probably go back in time and redo it. It's interesting. If you see, if you see that, you see the picture on the bottom of the cabinet? No, I didn't. It's on the bottom of the page. But, oh, okay. But this is great. Finding something like this is this is fantastic. I mean, this, this is like in the Hall of Fame of like, you know, uh, test release games that you don't find like Primal Rage 2 where it's like there's like a few of them. Yeah. You know, was it wasn't like the Beavis and Butthead one I think we talked about that they made a couple of them. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool. I mean, even if it's not good, it's neat to know that they tried because I, I, I did love those Midway Sports games. Even right. Open Ice. Open Ice is fun. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Ian. Yep. We have an update. Update. This, is a, this was a Kickstarter that we covered. It was a BCC. That's how long ago it was. Before Castle Country. Because I checked the footage. We covered this in... I thought you were going to say before Country Code, which it probably was as well. It was before Country Code as well. But this was like mid-2017. I believe um, we, we discussed the all controller Kickstarter. It was to be the the universal controller that you never need to buy another controller ever again. Universal and fully customizable. And before I get into this topic, I just want to say this is not a a call to attack anyone or go after one, anyone personally that was involved with the Kickstarter. But this is this is to me going to be more of a of a cautionary tale, cautionary tale, educational tale about Kickstarters and hardware. Because uh, at the time that this was presented to us, you know, um, I was I was shown it in person uh, by a YouTuber. Um, that's not all I was just talking about. We were talking about the Kickstarter, no matter what. But you know, a fully working prototype. Show me what it can do. Remember, this is a controller that is basically like any gamepad that you see comes out nowadays, where it has twin twin sticks. 
you have a D-pad, you have, you have trigger buttons, you have you know front face buttons, but it also has a little uh, LCD menu where you can load up um, different game settings. You can save game settings for different things. So and, and they were really trying to say this is going to be the one controller you ever need. Um, and it was supposed to also support, I believe, uh, Wii U and then Switch. They're going to add support for co- uh, consoles besides computer, what have you. Yeah, there's even a little Switch uh, icon here. Uh, play any game in the universe. That's what they were calling it. So you'd be able to pl- use it on the Xbox, uh, you, your, whatever, your PS4. Fully remappable controls. Yes. Uh, which, I, I mean, is honestly, I mean, in reality, I, it, it, it's a fine idea. Um, you know, someone like Vani would have uh, benefited greatly from something like this because she hates how um, the confirm and cancel buttons on, like, a Nintendo system are different than the confirm and cancel buttons on uh, a PlayStation. So she can switch it around. She would have been able to modify it so everything felt normal. Like, it's a nice idea. So, So this was supposed to be fulfilled May 2018. They did a Kickstarter. Then afterwards, um, they did an Indiegogo, I believe, uh, not just to take more uh, orders uh, to basically use as a shop, because you can do that with Indiegogo, and you transfer over the amount from your Kickstarter there. But also because uh, one of the people involved with the Kickstarter told me, well, there was someone trying to impersonate it, so we took it over, and then you know, they used it as a shop. So they, got, they received all in all on this Kickstarter um, over 232,000 uh, Canadian dollars which Pat Math is at this point probably like two ten. I have no idea. Eighty percent. I'll look it up. Uh, well, over two hundred thousand. We'll just say two hundred thousand uh, dollars. And then it was over. Let's see, seventeen hundred thirty-two backers. Oh, two hundred thirty thousand total if you include the Indiegogo. I believe twenty-one hundred backers. Twenty-one sixty-two. So two thirty U.S. total. It was one eighty-five thousand on Kickstarter. Then they added. It looks like another. What is that? Fifty-five thousand, forty-five thousand or so on uh there so the problem was is that this was not fulfilled uh to anyone from what i saw or very few people even as of last year so it was going uh close to two years over with very little uh updates on this at all and people were wondering what was going on some people that are involved the project dropped off um and there was there was issues so not saying no one got this it seems like some people may have gotten this i was shown an unlisted unlisted uh, video of someone receiving theirs. But if you search on YouTube, you all you see, uh, besides our coverage of it, is uh, you know a, a, a promotions for the Kickstarter and the prototype. So from my from my look at this, not a huge amount of people have received this product. And unfortunately, that's where this has been standing because when you look at the updates on this, the last update on Kickstarter was October twenty first, talking about. The website having difficulties, not even talking about, well, what's going on? And then you look at the comments and people are like saying to that, still don't have my controller. Refund, please. Uh, Saying stuff like, uh, own your own mistakes. Tell everyone it's a dead project. These are people simply sad, giving back my money. The all controller has become dead tech at this point. So people are, uh, are not happy about the response. On Indiegogo, the last update on Indiegogo was August of last year, saying we're still hard, hard at work completing the orders for our Kickstarter backers. Since the Kickstarter backers order their controllers first, we will finish their orders and then start sending out controllers for Indiegogo backers. I would assume since there has been an update in six months that no one from the Indiegogo has gotten theirs yet. Because if I was doing a Kickstarter properly, I would communicate your controllers are going out now. Yeah, so, I, w- I would certainly have um, announced that. So this is not good. Uh, this is not good at all. Um, and the comments on Indiegogo 
Um, oh, they, they basically repeated what I just said. There aren't any YouTube review videos for this controller besides a Kickstarter preview from three years ago. I did not plagiarize my thoughts from that. That's, that's totally, we had the same thoughts. There should be a couple dozen YouTubers reviewing this thing by now. I think I'm done with Indiegogo. Uh, if you are too, like this comment. An update now and again to get the dogs off their tail, I would imagine. This keeps me up at night. Now, not that I can't afford to lose $100, it's just that I hate being scammed. And it sure seems like we all got scammed. They stole our money. No news. This is clearly a scam. I don't want to be sound pushy or something, but a few words from you would be nice. It's been almost four months since the last update. You can be pushy if you're two and a half years behind getting your product. You can be pushy. Yeah. You're allowed to be pushy. I'll say that if I put if I'm two and a half years or behind something I've taken money for, you can be pushy with Pat. You can push me at that point because that's that's not especially with no communication. I'm pretty lenient with like crowdfunding stuff. You could be a year behind, and I'm probably going to be okay. But once we start breaking that year behind point, I better be seeing constant updates on what's going on. Yeah, if you update, okay, we're working towards it. If you're leaving people in the dark, yeah, push, 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 push. Like my favorite Twilight Zone episode. Mm. Remember, push, push, push. Mm-hmm. Will it be? Will it be? Next up. Sorry. Um, I feel like the lack of updates, the more people get discouraged of this project getting complete, so they demand their money back, when, which then forces them to slow production down to then deal with people suing them. No, no one's going to sue them, uh, Richard. I don't, that's a weird comment. <laughs> that's like, no, it's, it's just that people want... I don't know if you have grounds to sue over Indiegogo or Kickstarter. I don't think you do. No, I, because... A, and I, I feel like I have to say this every fucking time we talk about it. In, in, Kickstarter and Indiegogo are not stores. You are volunteering to back a project that you think has merit, and you get a reward for it maybe two Christmas gifts miss only two to go hoping to see it eventually someone I guess wants it as a Christmas gift and they're missing their third Christmas without it interesting so so I would say this I'm gonna uh, I would bet that based upon these comments and lack of updates the vast majority of people have not gotten this no I will, I will go out on a small limb and I will say that and what's more startling is that when we covered this well first of all when we covered this you were most concerned about the build quality of, of a company starting off doing controllers like this that's one thing you, I remember you said. Yes, I, I was. And I mean, I, if this were to come out today, I'd, I'd, I mean, if, if we were covering this brand new today, that would still be my concern. Um, especially as time goes on and controllers get more and more complex, third-party controllers get shittier and shittier. And you can say that you're putting all the effort and tech into it that, that you can. And I, I, I want to believe you, but I, I, have to yet believe. To, I, I have yet to find anything other than a first-party controller... Once controllers got more complex than PlayStation 2, let's put it that way, an original Xbox and GameCube, once you got more complex than that, once you got into 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, I have yet to find a third-party controller that isn't absolute, total dog shit, made with well, awful parts that break apart. And this is... I, honestly, the, the the price they're looking for when you compare it to modern day controllers. What was the price on this? Eighty Canadian. So you're really probably just looking at what it would cost to go buy a a, a PS5 controller at this point. So this isn't super expensive, um, but control. Well, it, it's expensive, but controllers are expensive. I I. Well, the wired the wired one was eighty Canadian, and actually wireless was eighty Canadian. It looks like the wired originally was sixty five. Sixty five. Um. But yeah, I, I would definitely have a lot of concerns about a company making controllers as their first thing. A hundred to get the controller, hundred Canadian, plus the dongle. The dongle is for, I guess, your Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS3, and PS4. So you're really going to a hundred bucks to play it on a console, hundred Canadian. So what is, what is that? Yeah, so, so that Canadian. and that yeah, that is expensive. Um, build quality would be my concern. That's eighty bucks US almost, so it's like twenty percent over. So. 
But this is this was what what I didn't know this, and if I knew this was happening at the time, I don't think I would even, would even cover the Kickstarter potentially as a lark, as a well, this could be cool because in the update going back to it was it was the summer. Uh, let's see, was this the summer update progress report from July twenty fourth of last year? We have hired an intern. We have hired an intern to help us with assembly. Here are the controllers we assembled this week so far. So the, the, on the table, there's about one, two, three, four, five, seven. There's about fifty or so controllers on this table, maybe less. Um, so I did not realize this, this this would not be a finished good that was being produced somewhere. So they literally, and I got confirmation of someone used to be involved in the project, ordered the parts, had them shipped to Canada, and were hand assembling them, not somewhere in a plant by professionals manufacturing them. They're they're putting these together, an intern is putting it by hand. If you had told me that, I would not have even bothered with this to cover this as a Kickstarter. Because at that point, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, no production order in place or anything like that. That's... You're buying the individual parts and you're going to hire someone to put them together? Talk about varying a degree of quality of your finished product. Yeah. Maybe someone doesn't screw something in the right way or, or just... That's that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. So even if the the product is good, the quality from one controller to the next is is not going to be the same potentially. That's nuts. Uh, so these re- recent Kickstarter comments these are these are another, another batch of them. Nothing here too. Backer eight hundred eight. This is from two days ago. Did not re- receive anything from my special custom order. I fear that my pledge of two hundred seventy five Canadian is lost to beer or whatever. Uh, uh, when can we expect an update? Again, these are in the past week. Still haven't received anything. Has anyone gotten this? Brent says a few of us have. It's okay. That's about all that can be said. I really hope these guys get it to me. Never got anything. Me neither. Has anyone got anything? Um, I received my controller. Okay. But it did not come with the dongle or a charging cable. How can I even use it without the dongle? Can you send me a dongle? I did pay for one after all. Brent says, the guy who said he got one, the dongle's been delayed. So the one piece, if you order the controller to use it on the console... That you order it for, you can't use it. Maybe you can use it on the PC, but you can't use it on your PlayStation or Xbox console. So, and I mean, if they're hand assembling these, I'm just trying to do some quick math. It's two, four, six, six, a thousand. Let's just say a thousand. We're looking at probably at least twelve hundred of these that need to be hand assembled. Oh, uh, the, the number is twenty one hundred total. You're talking about you're looking at just the Kickstarter. I'm, I'm just go. trying to find out how many are actual actual Orders. controllers. Yeah, how many actual controllers? Um, well, the Indiegogo one is is, is the store still up on the Indiegogo? I'm I'm just looking at Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm not even looking at Indiegogo because the Indiegogo has an additional five hundred backers, four four to five hundred backers. Yeah, they're um, they're in they're in a spot right now. Okay, so on on Indiegogo. They have, okay, let's see, 135 plus 17 plus 170 plus 106. That's about 500 extra. So they're not, yeah, they're not in a good spot. And, and if you're an Indiegogo and order it, you're behind the Kickstarter people anyway who are also not getting it. So, yeah. So I'm sure Pat has something else to say on this, but I, I my, my whole thing with this, it's something I want to mention, and I'm not going to name names, but there was a uh, a YouTuber who was pretty gung-ho on this initially, and he, he got out of it a while back. I'm not laying any blame on on, on, on him for the, the current state of this. But uh, people, it, it, 
and, and this I, goes the same. This goes the same for if you get a, a beta console early or a piece of hardware yeah, early that's not yet produced. This, this, yeah, this goes. This is uh, the same for people. The people out there who have poly megas. Uh, this is the same for people who are still actively excited for the Amico. Um, you really got to be careful when you're attaching yourself wholeheartedly to these projects, especially hardware projects. Hardware, hardware. projects. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful because you can, and I'm not trying to be snarky here. I like a lot of the people I'm even referencing without naming names. Like I like a lot of these people, um, but you are, it's, you want to be friends with someone. You want to help these people out. You, you like the idea, but the more you attach yourself to it and the more gung ho you get about it, uh, if this doesn't pan out, if these projects don't pan out, uh, you are going to be the face that people yell at. When, even if you're not making a dime off it anymore. Even if you're not making, you're yeah. the face or, that people or not are, any money. Yeah. are going to yell at when, yeah. when when things crumble down. You have become the face of the product because that's and that's why they want you because you're on YouTube because you're well known. They they want to attach uh, a level of of trust and familiarity to their product. And problematically, uh, if this goes goes south and doesn't come out a lot of the people working on these these hardware projects get to scurry off into the night because they haven't shown sure. their face but you're going to be left holding the bag when things fail yeah so this is why i, I, I speak from experience I was, I was not involved with the kickstarter but i was in a video promoting a kickstarter oh, yes. and i got the heat for it and i didn't make a dime off the kickstarter and i got heat for that yeah and so this so isn't like, even this isn't even and that was fulfilled this, and it was so this is all stuff that we are familiar yeah. with too a little bit personally. It's a learning experience, but um Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful. Because here's the thing. Your risk is gone you don't have the risk. You're you're creating a risk for other people. When you're saying, Hey, I played this this console or I have this controller that's not produced for the mass market yet, you're 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 people will trust your opinion about this stuff. They say we like you. We like your opinion about games or, or video games or, or consoles. Yeah, remember they're, they're that gonna... people follow you because yes. they like you, and then inherently they think you are interesting and probably a good person that they trust. You are really, really potentially doing a lot of damage to your trust. And the people coming to you know that they know that you have an audience that trusts you and are more likely to buy your product if you have it on your channel or you're part of the promotion. They know that they're not stupid. That's why you're getting one. That's why you're getting it early, because they know that if you talk about it and give it a, a, a good promotion, they're more likely to pre-order it. And at that point, they have the money. You have the risk as the influencer, though, in those weird situations. Again, it's hardware. Putting out hardware and quality hardware, it's not like putting out a game. It's not even like putting out a book. It's incredibly hard to get this shit right, as we keep seeing time after time after time after time after time. And I'm not incredibly saying hard. don't support your friends' projects, but you know, support the ones that you know something about. Have some, you know, support the ones that you've seen something from them in the past that you have faith in. Um, don't think because someone's come calling that they're your friend. Like, there's a reason Ian and I don't take this shit early and look at it and promote it. There's a reason we don't take this hardware and say, oh, this is going to be the most fantastic thing ever. We don't do that. We talk about Kickstarters, yeah, the, of, the, of the potential if the, if the things going to get made and, and the product, how it looks. But we never say, oh, this product I have is great. That's not uh, out yet. Go out and buy it because we know there's risk involved with that. There's risk. Yeah. And, and, and we've even been a little less enthusiastic. I mean, 
I and I I don't feel bad about it, but people always want to come at us for I think it was some Commodore handheld or Spectrum handheld. Oh, thing we that we brought ship. that we brought that thing up the the the, the as as an aside to a being better shaped than the Coleco Chameleon. And the, I the think VX I, Spectrum is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, and I, I and it never the came Vega. out, and it was a problem. People had all, or maybe it did eventually come up, but people had all sorts of problems with it. But we're allowed to look at a Kickstarter and say, "Hey, this looks good." There's a difference between that and actively doing promotion work and marketing, for, uh, marketing for with a what people think might be the finished product in their hand when it's not. Yeah, I was talking about that. Was that the was that the the, the handheld the ZX Spectrum handheld? It was, it was something like that. I'm sure someone who's still salty over it will bring. Oh, it up we we the, barely talked about comments. that though. Really? No, I know, but people every once in a while people bring it up. Oh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if we did a, a full. We might have we did a full topic. Well, we barely talked about that. But okay, that's that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Anyway, so that's all I have to yeah. say on this. I mean, uh, it's a shame. Um, I, but more than anything, I, th- I think the, 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 the learning experience here, the, the cautionary tale is don't, don't be so quick to attach your brand to a product because you think it looks good and you like it. Maybe dial it back and wait and see what comes of it. And then by all means, promote it, promote what you like, help people out. But okay. We talked about the Sinclair ZX Spectrum, just to, just to be totally clear, we talked about it March 1st, 2016 for a five minute segment. We talked about the the uh, the Kickstarter at the time. Yeah, I think or I said Indiegogo. I might have been interested, and then people took that as us giving it the thumbs up, and then the uh, Kickstarter went south. No, I think you can you can talk about a potential Kickstarter that, it look, that the, the product looks cool because you assume that it's going to come out and be cool. Like you, that's that's part of the process. You're that's like, talking about cool. it, like I said, which is yeah. different than promoting. Oh, absolutely. So so anyway, so that's the thing. Hardware is tough to get right, and you got you got to be careful uh, with this stuff. And that's why I said for it's a console or hardware. Don't pre-order this stuff. Wait for it to come out. If it's still cool in the pre-order process, it'll be cool when it's actually out and you can order it. You know, it's, it's just unless they have a track record. I was going to say, if someone's got a track record and you want to make sure you get it, fine, pre-order. But there's no reason to drop your money on a. Uh, and I'm not trying to single it out, but uh, an television or a or an Atari VCS or any of these things because if they come out and they're successful, trust me, you'll be able to get one. Absolutely, you'll find you, one. You can make that decision then. There's no reason to give them the, that money for that uh, early. There's no reason to do that. So, all right, Ian, Patrick. we have a, we have a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Uh, you go, you put in some monies, uh, and in return, you can get various things. We do the full video podcast you can watch it all in one go uh we do a uh, monthly hangout i had a lot of fun at my hangout um i think it was last week no two weeks ago it was a good one good times we chat we have fun uh i do writings about once a week i gotta get on what i think i'm gonna be writing about this week and we also put up um poll topics that you can vote on uh for a podcast q a or a patreon q a and in th- I was only two this week. In second place, what Atari era games would you want to see a modern remake of? Forty-one percent. That's strong. I talk, nice. I that'll come about, back. I talked about the Astros one, which was which was modernish. And then in first place, Ian, have you ever fought with friends over video games? And I guess that can mean playing against each other, sharing games, what have you. Any any fun stories with that? Um. So I have two stories. Uh, about friends getting angry over video games. Both the same friend, uh, Kevin. 
Uh, it was, like, it was, it was, Ke- was it really Kevin? It was really Kevin. Both of these Fuck stories Kevin. were Fucking really Kevin. Kevin. Fuck you, Kevin. Sorry, go on. So, the one I, I recall was, I don't even remember what game we were playing, but we were playing something two-player uh, on the Nintendo. And I beat him at it, and I remember him getting very angry and tossing his controller off to the side. And it went over my head. We were, like, sitting. It was like he had the TV in his room. We were sitting on his bed. We were playing something on the original Nintendo. Might have even been uh, a sports game. Uh, This is actually going to come up later. Uh, My friend Kevin uh, was the uh, jockey I'm going to play pro hockey type when he was a kid. He just thought that was something you decided you could do when you were a kid. Probably Probably didn't own ice skates. Uh, no, he did. He, oh, he did. He played constantly, but That's I mean, a street hockey. Okay. But and he played on in high school. But uh, he was just one of those dudes who thought you know things were going to be handed to him in high school. He decided he was going to become a marine biologist because he wanted to swim with dolphins. It's like okay, and sure. why is a hockey player? He wants to double double life. Okay, um, I don't think he's doing anything worthwhile with his life now. Um. But he tossed the controller over my head and was like real angry. And I was like, "You gonna get your controller?" And he was like, "No." It landed on like a, a on, on top of like his chest of drawers. Okay, so was he owned that controller? You owned that controller. Okay. And I, he was like, "You gonna get that?" I was like, uh, and he's like, "No." And I'm like, "He's just being a fucking brat." And you don't like, remember the game? It was. It was. A, I want to say it was Blades of Steel. Okay. Want to say it was Makes Blades sense. of Steel. Because the game wasn't over, but I just... Yeah, it was Blades of Steel. I had scored again. I was You're, up, you're, was you're great at NES hockey games, Ian, so I can see this happening. <laughs> I actually used to be good at them. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Uh, literally, the, the ice hockey that I play every year with you is like a completely different game than what I played in high school. I was unstoppable at that game in high school, and my skills just completely disappeared. I have no idea what it is that I'm doing wrong. I cannot fucking play it. Maybe I'm just good. That's it. I mean, you are, but I, I, I've also played other... I'm just... You, you are good, but I have also just gotten very very bad so i'm like all right well we got to finish this fucking game so i go to get the controller and it's on the back of the, it's on the back of the chest of drawers and we're kids at this time like we're talking like you're eight, six nine. seven i can't I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not tall enough to get up there so i stand on the bottom drawer of his uh chest of drawers to lean up and get it and i bring the whole drawer oh down God. on top oh of me God. everything fell and i remember standing up and i remember this ah. clearly i remember this clearly Clearly, because I was young and swearing was a big deal. I was like young enough where swearing was a big deal. I was like eight, and I looked at Kevin and I said, "You know what? Fuck you, Kevin." And I got up <laughs> and I walked out of his house and I walked home down the street. And his dad called me, and Kevin's dad called me, and I hated Kevin's dad. But uh, Kevin's dad was like, "Are you okay?" I was like. I was like, I was sure he was going to yell at me. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I like, I started to panic. He was like, no, no, it's fine. He needs to learn how to lose better. He's like, uh, I just wanted to make sure you were okay because the chest fell on you. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man, you could have, you could have, you could have, you could have tested his home, home insurance at that point. The suit, a little Ian sues him. Um, the other story, small, uh, small but fierce Ian. Uh, there was a, um, there was an arcade. I talk about this arcade a lot. Uh, Buffalo was strange. We had a we had a uh, an Aladdin's no a cyber station in the the mall, which was Namco's arcade. Okay. So we had a cyber station, which was the Namco branded arcade. Um, I think Aladdin's Castle might have also been Namco. Branded. Of course, you had a Namco branded arcade near you. Of course, you did. Yeah, I was, I was Mr. Mr. Namco. So lucky. Um, and then uh, 
downstairs from that, there was in this mall, this was the biggest mall in Buffalo, the Walden Galleria. There was a place called Qzar. And Qzar was a uh, laser tag sort of place. But they had a big, I mean, big fucking arcade. Multiple levels. Like, multiple floors. Um, And it's crazy because this, like, I played all sorts of shit that, you know, was supposedly very rare and hard to find. Like, uh, the Qzar arcade had... um, the Qzar Arcade had uh, the full sit-down two-cabinet Virtua on. It had oh, wow. the Sonic the Hedgehog fighting game. It had the full Urguys arcade cabinet. Um, like, they just got literally fucking everything. Like, stuff that you've never seen anywhere they had. Um, and, uh, and and then, like, the, the Cyber Station always had cool shit, too. They had, the, I think it was called Crack and Shoot, which is one of my favorite light gun games. It's a Namco one. Um, Crack and Shoot's cool. Because it uses actual props. Okay. Uh, so it looks like you're actually like shooting down metal targets and stuff. Anyway, um, Qzar had a home run derby arcade game. And it was cool. Or you bat. The, the virtual one. Where you actually yes. bat. And okay. it, it came in like a cage. It yes. looks like it's a bat. It has cage. a net. Yeah, yes. it, it's got a, a net on the back. Yeah, that was big in like the mid 90s. It's got the cage. Early mid 90s. You yeah. walk in, you pick up uh, the bat, and you. Kind of works, kind of. It worked pretty well, um, but you could you could game it. Well, Kevin, Kevin was I was the druggie. I was the guy who didn't fucking do sports, whatever, whatever. Kevin was sportsman. Kevin sports. hated losing to me. Anything sports related, he just he like because he was you, a hockey player. If you wanted to see someone fucking act like a child, let me beat. Kevin in a in a sports game. He will fucking he will lose his sense of self. Gotcha. It was just insane. So we go in and uh he's like he goes in and uh he wants to play this batting cage game and I love home run derby shit. So I'm like, "Yeah, I'll play too." And uh he's like, "I'll bet you 5 bucks I can beat you." Okay. I'm like, "Okay, sure." I was like, "Why? Well, sure, why not?" I was like, "I have 5 bucks." So he goes in and he cranks out like four home runs and then strikes out and he comes out and he thinks he's fucking hot shit and I get in there and I grab the bat and I hit one and I hit another one and I realize I've already figured out the timing the timing the timing and like the 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 the, the right flick of the bat to basically get that thing to fucking soar gotcha. every single time and I stood in there and I, I don't remember exactly how it worked but I crushed something like 15 or 20 home runs and like how many pitches you got like 20 it was one of those it was one of those ones where I think it was like you got 10 pitches and, and if you bonus? hit all okay. of them you got so bonus I remember, pitches I remember being 10 pitches for 50 cents or whatever yeah, it was, or a dollar and, and okay. I think you got bonus pitches was gotcha. what it was so I hit like 15 or 20 of them I, 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 in a I, row okay I basically Almost nailed all of them and you could just see Kevin's face and he refused to give me the five dollars oh come on you piece of garbage he refused come to give on, me the five dollars he thought so certainly that this was five dollars that had his name on it because he was sports boy that he wasn't expecting the person who plays video games and has an understanding of how games work to figure out how to kind of game the system or was it just the trivia hanging out or was there other people no there was someone else there okay, too and they an just they time. dogged on him for the rest of the day. He would not talk to me for the rest of the day, and he would not give me the $5 because he said I cheated the game. <laughs> Did your relationship degrade after that, your friendship? Or? Uh, that was actually, like, within the last six months of us talking to each other. So that was a part of it. Uh, 
there <laughs> with Kevin, there was nothing that happened in that like year to six months that wasn't a part of it. But yeah, so, that was that was definitely. What, what did Kevin end up doing? Did he become that marine biologist swimming with the dolphins? Uh, he ended up being a uh, dad his senior year, and last I saw, he was real proud of his flip cup championship. Okay, then I got a good idea in my head about this individual. Yeah, peaked in high school guy. Uh, he was very much okay. a peaked in high school guy. Gotcha. Yes, yes. Gotcha. And, and by the way, I'm not disparaging anyone who who's who's, in high who's a young. Who, who, I'll disparage you if you peaked in high school. No, I'll, well, I'll disparage you if you peaked in high school. I'm not disparaging anyone who had to figure out parenthood in their teenagers. Oh, no, no, no. That's, That's not rough. it. No, but it was, totally the, it was totally the peaked in high school. He had everything, thought he was untouchable, uh, well, realized that people get pregnant, and yeah, I was gonna say, your popularity hey, in high school does not carry over to the real world. Yeah, sperm doesn't care about your popularity right. there, Kevin. So Put a fucking rubber on. Be, be smart. Anyway. Okay, so I got a couple. <laughs> we got five minutes left because I don't think we get this far. Um, so uh, uh, well, a small one is my co- cousin Andy. Uh, they had Atari 2600 uh, when, I, when I was like, that's what the first consoles I ever saw. Like five. He was a year behind me, like four, something like that. It was pre-NES. I might have been six and they still were playing it. And he was probably four or five. Kind of a brat back then. And he's Again, he's a part of the three brothers I told you about that had every fucking console because there was three of them. So sure. what it every, I mean, every console they had, every handheld they had, it was like, mm. so Atari, I want to play Atari. I want to play Atari. This is Pat. I want to play Atari. I'm like five or six. And no, you'll break the controller again. And I was like, what? I broke the controller. What? I broke an Atari joystick when I'm five or six. You know how hard it is to break those when you're five or six? <laughs> I, I, I like, call shenanigans. So, like, he refused to let me play Atari. So I had to watch him play probably Adventure or Pitfall when I'm five years old. And it was like, I never forgot that when I was, I never forgot that. You're just being selfish not letting me play Atari. And you probably make me cry on the inside. You know how bad it is when you're a kid and another kid says you can't play with something that they have? That could oh, yeah. be the worst fucking feeling in the world. I don't think I could replicate that feeling as an adult. My parents, I don't think I can do that. At a young age, my parents really instilled sharing in me. That was like a big thing. Was It's bad. Sharing Not with share. friends. Sharing. Uh, like always, every opportunity they could take to teach me that sharing was important, uh, they did. So that was bad with Andy. And his brother, Dennis, we used to play Unreal Tournament a lot. I was a bit better than Dennis at Unreal Tournament. Mm-hmm. 2004. A lot better. So we play, you know, we'd 1v1 matches. And a lot of times this was him asking me to play. Because I knew if I played him, it, first to 20, Ian, he'd get like maybe three kills. Maybe four kills. Maybe five, maybe six. Like, they were never close. Right. And so, but luck changed one day. I'm not saying he used a cheat or not. But luck changed one day. And he played his heart out. And uh, he beat me finally one time. It was like 20 to 19. It was like, I mean, like, he must have been, like, playing for his life to beat me there. And he he acted like such a fucking asshole that he beat me the one time. <laughs> and trust me, I didn't rub it in that I beat him because I knew how much better I was at the game. It was just like, oh, I played. Oh, you got close. You do a little ribby once in a while while you're playing. Oh, I kid you with those rockets. He would not let me forget that he beat me that one time. Like, And it was like... I was like, okay, I got to take it because you'll never, he never won again after that, trust me. Uh, but he never, I never went easy on him again after that. But I mean, it was one of those things where I was like, you son of a bitch. And my Kevin story, to close this out, my Kevin story goes, and I reference this in, wow, the 10 year anniversary of it coming out this weekend. Go watch my Tecmo Bowl uh, video oh. because it was us playing Tecmo Bowl. And first of all, Kevin was a fucking front runner. 
So he liked whatever team was popular. And of course, he was a fucking Bulls fan in New Jersey. Why would you? I don't like the Knicks. They suck. Oh, it's real hard to fucking like the Bulls when they just won three championships in a row, you fucking asshole. Traitor. At least like the freaking, you know, I understand not liking the Nets because they were horrible. Not liking the Knicks. Knicks were good in the early 90s to mid-90s. So not just that. That bothered me, that he was a front runner. Uh, but also the fact that he would cheat. I think I caught him cheating at a board game once, maybe uh, doctoring the Monopoly money, but that's that's fine. You should be killed for that alone. Oh, people who but, cheat at board oh, games. You should be drug out in the street and fucking shot. Yeah. I mean, no, no, that's oh, it. absolutely. I'll write that into law if I'm president. Executive order, you will shoot you in the streets. I'll do it. Um, but Tecmo Bowl. I'll fuck it. I'll pull the goddamn trigger. <laughs> one airplane Tecmo Bowl, and of course he uses the Raiders because they had the Bo Jackson, they're great. And of course, you like using the Raiders. But I'm using the Giants. The Giants are an average Tecmo Bowl team. They're good on defense. They're very, very average on offense, uh, like they were in real life. So um, all of a sudden, though, uh, we're playing the game next to each other. All of a sudden, in his room, I'm getting sacked. My play's getting destroyed. Like, I'm talking 75% of the time. I can't get a playoff. This is, and it, you usually have a 25% chance, you know, it's, it's of picking the play to crush it. And I, I'm like getting the ball and, and, and punting it, and he's killing me. So, just for the heck of it, I'm like scratching. I look, and I see his fucking eyes look down the corner, looking down at my controller while I'm going to select my fucking play. <sighs> no honor when it comes to board games or tempable, huh, Kevin? Huh? That's not someone huh? that you peaked in high school, Kevin, as well. Probably. That is not someone. That You're not you... honorable, Kevin. You're not honorable. No. No. It's also the same Kevin I found out who was supposed to be my friend was making fun of me at a party that I wasn't invited to in sixth or sixth grade or so. Then, then when I when I approached him about it, it was like, well, you know, we were just having fun and stuff. One of those type of people. There's no problem hanging out with you every week and whatever. But if he can get ahead of putting you down, he'll do that. Fuck you, Kevin. Fuck you. I know you're on Facebook. <laughs> I know you're on Facebook. Um, because I'm not. I'm the type of person you can change from being a kid, but it's not like that per- personality totally molts and changes entirely. That's always a part of you. It's always a part of you when you were a bully when you were a kid. That's always a part of you. Or in high school, that doesn't totally always, always evaporate. You might be able to change that radically. There's always a little part of that of you that stays how you were as a kid. I firmly believe that. Uh, I think, so you can't wipe it out entirely. I it's think part people of can change. They can change. That's always a part of you, Kevin. You cheated at Tecmo Bowl. You cheated. <laughs> you thought I couldn't catch you. Sorry. Is that it for this podcast? That's it. You got a call to make, and uh, I got pork to braise. We got therapy sessions over our Kevin's to go to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. My Kevin wasn't more athletic than me, though. He he was. Uh, he had a big melon head. Uh, but he was semi-athletic, but he, he didn't. He was never. He thought he was the shit playing basketball or baseball, though. He could bring out his double batting gloves. All right, all right, Mattingly. Okay, all right, all right, Kevin. Sure, sorry. That's it for the CU podcast. That's it. We're done. We're done. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye bye.